Hi, welcome to this episode of Author Eke. I'm Travis Davis, your host. Tell us your story. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Author Eke. Today, we have Jonathan Rose. He's going to tell you about himself, his book, and then we're just going to get into a free-flowing conversation, and who knows where it's going to go. But tell your story. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hello, Travis. I uh, just want to thank you for having me as a guest. I'm happy to be here and looking forward to a good conversation. Actually, me too. I'm ready, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I love it. So what? why did you write your book? This book, this is my fourth book, actually. It's entitled Wedlock. Can everyone see it there? Nice. I like that. There. All right. Yeah. Great cover. Cool. It was uh, done by Jonathan Arevalo out of uh, Bogota, Colombia. Did a great job. I really love his work. Uh -huh. uh, this book, I originally wrote it way back when I moved to Mexico about 13 years ago. And uh, the first draft was done living in a little apartment. And over a summertime, it was an idea I had. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've been rewriting it over the past 12 or so years, kind of would oh, write wow. it, right? All right. It was one of those books where I would do it and I liked it, but it just didn't feel right. And mm -hmm. then I would put it aside for a couple of years, work on another project, get back to it, rewrite it, get to another project. So uh -huh. there's a lot of back and forth. The very first draft of the book is way different than what it is now. Of course. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is the version I'm most happy with. So in the meantime, though, I published uh, three uh, three books before that. This one was published by Montag Press. That was out mm -hmm. of uh, Oakland, California. Okay. And before that, published two more and also published a book down south in Mexico as well a couple of years ago. Well, so tell me about Mexico, man. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. I, I lived in Spain growing up as a kid. So, okay. So Mexico had to be, we're at Mexico. I mean, how and what, how'd you get there? And why'd you get there? Well, I got there by driving out of Toronto. <laughs> you drove from Toronto all the way to I Mexico? Did. I did. I did in an old 92 Camry. Love that car. Called it. Well, that's why nobody stole it. <laughs> yeah. No, that car, I don't know how it made it, man. It had like two, 300,000 kilometers on it. But Toyota. It hmm? I'd say it's a Toyota. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. Those, those are way back when they made them. They made them real good. Like that oh, car yeah. used to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good four-day drive. I always wanted to do it, and uh -huh. uh, I had some very close relationships down in Mexico. Always wanted to live in another country because I've been uh -huh. visiting them for so long. So I was just like, you know what? I quit my job. I was 23, 24. And I was like, ah, screw Sweet. it. I want to take this writing thing serious, and rent is a hell of a lot cheaper there. Than oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Especially now. That's why I'm going yeah. back down south in the new year. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> good for you thank you so uh yeah drove down and uh i didn't have a timeline i wasn't like yeah. i'm gonna stay for a decade it was more i just want to live this and see where it goes and i ended up there for over a decade went oh, wow. to Argentina for a couple of years too and just yeah spent a third of my life in latin america si so, hablo poquito espanol tu puedes hablar o poquito <laughs> Those are the important words. The important I speak words. German. I can speak German. I lived there for nine years in Germany. Oh, okay. So, yeah. no sprechen Sie Deutsch. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. I uh, will speak English. That way I'll understand everything anyways. <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, and I didn't speak a word of Spanish when I got there. I, I just, I learned it. I just got there with nothing. Uh -huh. uh, it was difficult. Fascinating. Yeah, just picked it up, and uh, yeah, it was a great experience. And this so where at? Where at? Mexico? I was in most of the time. I spent in Mexico City. 
Okay. Uh, I also lived in a in a beautiful town called Cholula. It was uh-huh. in the state of Puebla, um, right uh-huh. in front of this volcano. It's like waking up to a postcard every morning. Oh, just that's a beautiful, really, yeah. really beautiful place. Lived in uh, Quintana Roo in Playa uh-huh. del Carmen. Yep. And bounce, I just moved around that country a lot. Saw so much of it. Miss it a lot. And so, um, about your book, uh, did it take place? Did it take place in Mexico? Does it, it have some Mexican face. influence? Oh, big time, big time. Okay. All, all of the books, all four of the books I've published, have been heavily influenced by my time there. I mean, okay, you're spending twelve years in a place. You're surrounded by all yes. these stories, right? So it's been heavily influenced. And but I didn't name it specifically. I didn't want to. I use details, but mm-hmm. the story, because it's about a man and a woman, young woman meets this man, thinks he's Prince Charming, thinks he's perfect, and yep. he is just obsessed with keeping her safe to a frightening level. Mm-hmm. So it has a lot of Black Mirror aspects because right. he uses technology to really keep her safe, as mm-hmm. he likes to put it. Yeah. And so I based a lot of that on real stories I've heard, not just from Mexico, but from women I knew here mm. in Canada, Europe, yeah. everywhere. But just that notion of this, that, that macho, you know, right. me, Tarzan, you Jane kind of thing. You <laughs> oh, know, yeah. like, you're my woman. I'm going to protect you. But for this character, and I found this happened a lot. It was rooted in real love. He really loves her. But he's just a fanatic about it. He's warped on how he shows it. And mm-hmm. I wanted that to reflect some of those attitudes. Like right. a man who believes that a woman's his possession is wrong. It uh-huh. just is. But right. it's important that just because something's wrong, that you don't just dismiss it and say evil, bad, and just go, that that doesn't solve nothing. You got to mm-hmm. try and understand it. Like, why is he like this? Where do these right. influences come from? Right. Why is she go along with it? And where is she influenced? And by seeing so mm-hmm. much of that macho culture, yep. and I, I didn't just want to demonize it, and, you know, start yelling on Twitter about it. I wanted to right. understand where did it come right. from, generational. So this book was a reflection of a lot of that, what I learned, really getting into the to the heart of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? While, yeah, I, yeah. while keeping it thrilling and trying to, right. but the technology aspect, yeah, it's like Black Mirror a black mirror romance set in the big Latin city. So oh, really cool. cool concept. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. That has a flair of Latin America. Oh, but yeah. it, it can, it can be anywhere. Of that course. type of relationship could be anywhere. We uh, all know somebody yeah. who's yes. been in that kind of, we all know a woman and a man who's right. been in that kind of relationship where you, they go to you and they're like, I don't know something's wrong. Like this doesn't feel right. And then the first right. question is, you know, do they hit you? No. Right. Do they yell at you and embarrass you, humiliate you, yeah. do all those bad things that make it obvious? Right. In this book, uh, the character, she's just like, no, no. Well, then what's the problem? But you right. know there is one. And right, so right. I, that was what I wanted to get into. Oh, cool. Are the, are the other three books similar? Or um, do they have a totally different uh, storyline? And how long did it take you to write those versus the uh, what, 10, 12 years it took you for the first one? Right. Or this one. Uh, they're they're all different. Very different okay. storyline, but the influence is there. Um, I actually okay. have them here with me. My yeah, third, let's let's show them. Yeah, the third book is called The Spirit of Laughter. All right. Nice. Yeah. Another great artist. His name was Al out of he was out of Cholula. He did that for me. Uh-huh. And uh this book was inspired by again a Mexican story, an important yep. one. 
It was inspired by a few years back, there was the murder of 43 students. They were from Ayotzinapa. The, the Mormons, right? Was it the, no, the, the, no, no, not the Mormons. That oh, was okay. different. Okay. It's unfortunate how there's so many of these types of I know, you just, I just got to put that, that together there. Which one? Yeah, it's yeah. the tragedy of it. Right. This one was 43 students from a teacher's college mm-hmm. from the Normalista school. And they were mm-hmm. from Iguala in Acapulco. And they were in a bus. The bus disappeared. They were shot, mm-hmm. and these kids just disappeared. They still haven't. They found little parts of them and stuff like oh that. And it's just. And when that happened, I was there in Mexico City, and right. everybody was justifiably furious. Yeah. And they were like, "Where are these kids? What happened? The government wasn't doing anything." And I remember when I was taking a walk around Mexico City near mm-hmm. UNAM, the National University. Mm-hmm. There was a wall. And on the wall, you would see these murals. And I've also seen murals for 49 kids who died in a fire in Sonora in the ABC school. And mm-hmm. they were young kids, but corruption and and corner cutting. So the school, yeah, yeah. Was, it wasn't safe. The fire right. started. They couldn't get out. Right. And so these murals you'd see of these real kids. And sometimes they were so lifelike. Mm-hmm. And so the spirit of laughter, I wrote this story about what would happen if those murals did come to life. And so I said it. That's in interesting. School. Yeah. I said it in a school with a main character named Francisco, and he has this evil principal that they nicknamed Evil Espinosa. And she's like a uh-huh. representation of that corruption, that tyranny. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of like, you know, that that uh, that Bart Simpson-ish kind of kid, you know, right. that kid that leans back when everyone's studying. Yeah. I was that kid. You know, and uh, so, I was usually the one getting spanked. So, oh, I yeah. <laughs> I was the one in detention. It was, they had it, corporal punishment when I was a kid, and thank God they did, or yeah. I'd be really bad. <laughs> yeah. No, I was in detention. It was it was always I detention. did that, too. <laughs> I had desks throughout the school where they would send me. So this Francisco character is just like a him versus um, Evil Espinosa, and she tells uh-huh. him, she's like, for punishment, you have to paint your other students and you have to paint them on the wall. So I don't have to paint as paint an artist, save the school money. Right. So he does. But to do it, he has to interview these students, get to know them, to paint them. Mm-hmm. And they start telling him their stories. Yeah. They start telling him. He's like, well, I want to get emotion. Like, how do you feel that? What do you hate about this school? And they start talking about how they were wronged by this principal. So he starts passionately right. doing these portraits throughout the school on this big wall. And then as things progress, you know, things come out of it. And then these portraits come to life and then they get their revenge. And I just was, it was so inspiring from the murals I saw of those, these kids from IOTC and like they deserve their revenge. They deserve justice, right. but they deserve their revenge against that, that wronged them. So that right. inspired that book. Right. And I was proud of that. That one was published by Montag Press in 2020. Okay. Yeah. So the next one. Next one here is called Gato y Lobo. It's in Spanish. And uh, this one was published in uh, last year. Uh-huh. And oh, a couple of years back, sorry. It's being promoted by Wampo in Mexico uh-huh. City right now. It's not even available in English. It's only a Spanish okay. version. You wrote it in uh, Spanish? I wrote it in English, um, in but English? it was translated. Yeah, I can't write in Spanish. I, okay. No, I would butcher oh, the dang. language. Dang. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not. I don't have that. I can't do that. <laughs> But uh, this story was means a lot. It was a real story. I was asked to do it by somebody who's very dear to mm-hmm. me. He asked me to do it. He was just like, yeah, I think you'd be perfect for this. 
So he put me in contact with this teacher and she's mm -hmm. like, I have this real story, but I'm not a writer. She's like, I want to tell it to you. Do you mind? And I said, of course not. And we right. sat in this cafe overlooking the Zocalo in Mexico City in the center. She told me this tale and it blew my mind. And we're just talking. It's all in Spanish. We're talking. Right, right. And she's telling me this story about this girl who would go to class dressed up like a cat. She'd have cat contact lenses. She'd have, she would just look it. But oh, nobody, wow. nobody would make fun of her. That always stuck me. Nobody would bully her. Like I think back when I was a kid, if you had anything different, you were gonna get, you were gonna get it. You know what yeah, I mean? But nobody like, wanted a furball. They were more. They normalized it. Right. She did it with such an individual confidence yeah. that you couldn't, and that fascinated me. And then on the other side, there was this boy named everyone called him Lobo because uh -huh. he had like a beard and he was just moved like a wolf. Right. And. So, and yeah, for nobody who speaks Spanish, Lobo means wolf, Gato means cat. Okay. And and then the story she told me, like with the details she had, I had to dramatize some right, right. of course. main things where she told me it was all based on real stuff. How the, it was like Romeo and Juliet kind of thing, you know, like these yeah. opposite types and they get together with tragic results. And I don't want to give away too much of it, but just no, no, no. People want to read the, the book. Results were it's really a reason to take Spanish. Right. To learn Spanish. Absolutely. <laughs> and the results were really tragic, but it was so beautiful. And there was so much to it that I was just like, you just told me this unique Shakespearean tale that actually right. happened. I'd be honored yeah. to write it. And so yeah. I wrote that for a teenage audience, which I've never done. And I wasn't sure if I could, but then I just had the simple thing. I'm like, I don't like the idea because I hated reading the books they gave us in school. I hated yeah. them. Most of them were right. crap. Like right. they were boring and dull. I'm like, I'm I'm 16. Come on. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to read the I wanted to write the type of book I would have wanted to read. Mm -hmm. And so my idea, and I love reading, I love classic right. literature the most. I love real good stories. So I right. thought, well, I'm gonna do that. And just because it's for teenagers doesn't mean I have to dumb it down. Doesn't mean I have to tell it in a way that exactly. oh, they're kids. kids are smart. Kids yeah. are really smart. Yeah. So for me, it was just, okay, just no graphic violence, no graphic sex, and no right. graphic. You take right. that out of the equation, you can write no, diff it, no different. So right. that's how I approached it. And it really worked. And some of the best things that came from it so far, mm -hmm. I mean, the pandemic ruined the promotion we were supposed to do. A book tour was Oh, set man, up. it probably ruined I was everything. There. Yeah. I was there in March of 2020. Oh my trying goodness. to debate should i stay should i go back to toronto like i was right. faced with that and i came right, back right. to take care of my mom who lives here uh -huh. and so the book tour got scrapped and so much bad things happened and um are you gonna take so, it back up are you gonna sorry? try it when you go back down or are you gonna it's being promoted there now by wampo they're doing right. an amazing job with it um okay. but i hope to get back to it to see what i can do to help it get out and okay continue momentum but awesome what was really great was the teacher who told me the story getting her approval meant more than mm -hmm. anything i didn't mm -hmm. care about anybody else like she told mm -hmm. this this is her story she told me if she says this is crap you butchered it i'd scrap it right she, right she she cried a little she was just like that was beautiful i mean that to me oh, that's meant. awesome yeah and then it got read by students in schools. And um, there was this one school in particular, and it meant a lot, where there were indigenous kids. 
Spanish mm. isn't even their first language. Right, right. And they don't read a lot. They're, you know, they're not into it too mm -hmm. much. They're books they can't relate to. And right. um, so they had copies of this book and they read it and they loved it. Mm -hmm. And we would do Zoom conferences and they would hold up the book and they'd be like, we Oh, that's pretty slick. Book. It was great. And, yeah, slick. And the ending is ambiguous. <clears throat> so what the kids did is it was proposed to them, well, what do you think happened to the characters? Because in real life, I don't know what happened. So mm -hmm. I don't at the end. So I don't right. think it was fair to make it up. Right. So and that was help that was given to me. I want to always give credit to a friend named Mariana. She she gave me the ending. She was like, No, if you don't know what happened, don't say it. Leave right. it to the and that was all her and she yeah, let their right. creative juices start to percolate, right? Right. And it did. All of these kids wrote their own endings. And I mean, mm. 10 page essays and they didn't have to, they right. wanted. And the teacher was even like, they don't write a lot. They're not really right. into it, but your book sparked that. Mm. And so that kind of reaction in a, like, I am as far from an indigenous Mexican teenager as it gets. Yeah. Right. So that I was able to write this book based on things that really happen and it, mm. that they were inspired by it meant mm -hmm. a lot. So we're really pretty cool to keep it going. Yeah. Awesome. Really happy with that. Yeah. And the next one, do you have another one or is that, was that? Uh, yeah, my first yeah, book, this, this is my first book published professionally. It's called carry on. And, okay. um, this one got published in 2015 by Montag press. And there's always something special when your first book gets published. Mine is actually released today. My first book was actually released today. Really? What's it called? It's called Flames of Deception. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, so today's a, a big day, so get the that's shirt great. together. That's great. That's great. <laughs> um, that's really cool. It's a, yeah. it's a feeling that it is. nothing matches it. I don't care how many more it books is. you publish. Getting that first one, when you get your copies in the mail, you open it up and you see yeah. what you worked on. and you Exactly. It it's a cool feeling. Yeah, that's I'm, a, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, thank that. you. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm uh, happily optimistic. As you should be, as you should be. A lot of writers don't get to that point. Right. How many, like a lot don't get to see and that. And that's why I started this podcast because, so I started writing my story in March, yeah. first week of March, and I finished it last of April. Wow, book. quick turnaround. I was like, man, there's got to be other people that have these ideas or these thoughts that they want to write a book. They don't know where to start. They, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, if it's, you know, it's just a, a trying to get all this stuff together. You know, like they say, you're trying to make sausage, right? I mean, you got all these ingredients and you get it published. And but where do you start? Or how do you start? So that's why I wanted to interview authors. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to be, you know, famous authors. It's just like people see walking down the street that wrote a book. You never know it. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then, you know, so what, you know, what motivated them? Why'd you, it takes time. It's effort. It's, it's a commitment that you have to make to be able mm -hmm. to finish. Mm -hmm. And then when you start writing, like when I write, I can see it. Right. I can see everything that I that I want to write. So right. it's got some details in it. That's why one of the interview folks. And so, you know, you don't, you don't. I mean, I I, I didn't get up that day. Say I'm going to write a book. I was just sitting there and I go, you know, what's going on in the world? And I said, what if this happened? What if? Right. I actually start with the same kind of concept. The what yeah. if. Yeah. That's where you get that idea. Like, what if this happened? Yeah, like you just said, I had that. That yeah. inspired a yep. few of my books, especially the first one. I just that carry on book. Yeah, it was like yeah. That. What yeah. Tell us about that. I want to hear about that book. 
Well, I'm going to, I'm going to take it from what you said. It was a, what if it was a big, what if right. it was, just, this was 2014. I wrote mm-hmm. it 2013, you know, the walking dead thing and all of that. Oh was, yeah. 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 You know, dragging on like a soap opera. I don't know. Right. right. But uh, I wasn't really into it, but you know, we've had those stories forever. You know, humans, mm-hmm. good monsters, bad humans yep. must kill monsters to survive. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And I was like, well, what if I got, it was more, what, what if we got a story from the monster's perspective? And so that was what <laughs> carry on. Like you said, yeah. the, what if, and so right. the whole book is basically just think a walking dead episode, just flip it. And it's from the monster's point of view uh-huh. where they're just hungry. They're not hateful. They have nothing against you. It's not, and you're just their food. I mean, <laughs> just food. it's no different than if the, it'd be like demonizing a shark or a lion or, exactly. or like a cougar or something. It doesn't hate you. Right. You right. Hungry. Right. Yeah. And so this story is just about that. And so by doing that, and I based it again in um, a big Latin city, Mexico right. city, is what I use. Right. And it would just be like these different scenarios where through the monster's eyes, there's not a lot of inner monologue or nothing. It's still right. a monster. Right. But you see through his eyes that, and I wanted to put the question, who's really evil here? Mm-hmm. Like he's just looking for he or she, whatever. It's just looking for food. Right. But then you see the people like torturing, you know, the Rick character, the hero right. character. But you're right. like torturing these monsters. You're you're doing all these things. You're for fun shooting them and all of this. And so they're I, just I going shopping for food. The, the right. grocery stores just where you live. <laughs> That's it. It's not personal. So, not personal. but it, it stems from what you were talking about. That, yeah. that, what if? Yeah. And, so, uh, so do you write? Um, do you have like a set time you write, or do you have a, I'm going to write so many words a day, or I just feel like writing? Because sometimes I'll just say, okay, I feel like writing. I mean, I'll just hammer away. Mm. Or sometimes I'll say, you know what? I have an idea. So let me put that idea somewhere in the book because I think I can use it. Mm hmm. And it, it, it then it just helps me kind of flow that. So do you take like, you know, is it a job, right? Eight to five, I'm going to write. Or is it, you know what, it's a passion I'm going to write. Yeah. When I don't want to write, I'm not going to write. I'll do something else. I, I've been doing it. I remember before, when I first started, oh, long time ago, mm-hmm. uh, when I maybe before Mexico, even maybe 13, 14 years ago, I wanted to see if I could write a book. I was really inspired to, I I was going through a long convalescence from a back injury. So I mm-hmm. did a ton of reading. Like what else right. it was that or soap operas? I chose right. reading. And so I, yeah. <laughs> so I did, yeah. So I did a ton of reading and really got inspired by it. Like I read the classics, right? Like when you got all that time, I read yeah. one piece, Don Quixote, not trying right. to say I'm a whole story or a Cervantes. Right. The, right. the depth of the stories was inspiring. So I said, I want to write stories like this human stories deep stories mm. always been a fan of them and so what i did was first before i think i'm great because in my mind i wanted to be dostoyevsky before i was 30 you know? right <laughs> it didn't happen but it's okay still got time right. um, <laughs> i started writing more for the can i do it and i decided right. to do it disciplined so i told myself i'm gonna write by words so and it stuck so i do a thousand words a day and i still do that when but i'm working on a project uh, and that's good. I mean, it, uh, I, I tell folks that uh, Hemingway wrote 500 words a day because he was so meticulous in his writing yeah. that that's all he could yeah. get out in a day. Yeah. And I usually work in the mornings. Yep. I mean, I'm not yep. an early morning riser, but right. basically morning is in like I get up so right. when I feel the most fresh to do it. So it's wake up. Sometimes it takes only half an hour. Sometimes it takes four hours. But the right. whole thing to get those thousand words. Right. And I didn't care if it was my birthday, Chris. I don't care. 
Right. And so with that first book, I did that and was really proud. I thought it was great. Book was garbage, but it will never come out. But that's not the point. It was to see if I could finish it. to see if you could do it, finish it. I and mean, I you, you hear everybody say, I'm going to write a book. And when I told my friends, hey, I'm going to write a book, and they were like, uh, Travis, we know you. So, <laughs> you know, like squirrel. So, yeah. and then, then I said, well, darn, I told everybody I was writing a book. So I'm going to have to finish this thing. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of motivated me to do that. And as I continued to do it, it motiv- motivated me more until you're done. Yep. Then you're like, okay, now what do I do? Right. So I got to <laughs> some publishers and, you know, just the whole process now is the process of marketing the book. So writing to me is an easy part. Mm. Marketing it is more of, is the harder part. Even though, you know, I've done marketing before and some things, but. Got to you know, get that interest because there's a lot of books out there. There's millions. I mean, millions. Yeah. Millions on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Millions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to find I don't even think it's a niche. I think you have to find something interesting people want to read. Yeah. you Because they're committing themselves to three, four hours mm-hmm. in a pe- period of time to, to listen, to read your thoughts mm-hmm. that you've actually put down on paper. I look at it, yeah, like they're basically saying, I'm going to have a one-sided conversation with you where I'm just going to listen to you talk yep. for hours and hours about something. And I mean, I yep. think about any time you've talked to somebody, how many people have you talked to where you'd be like, yep, I'd be willing to sit here and not say a word and listen to them for hours. Right. It's a pretty short list. Yes. And so anytime yeah. a person chooses to read of anything I've written, yep. I take it like, damn, they just want to listen to me. That's that's really cool. But yeah. Um, like you said, for the marketing, I mean, I'm terrible at it. I, I suck. I'm not good at it. Right. I, I'm a private person. I'm not an right. introvert. I'm just private. Right. And so I'm not, I just never had the skill of it. I've always, I love the writing of the stories. I love right. editing. I love editing a lot. I love the, it's like bonsai tree cutting. I love trimming it just to get it just right. right. That's, I love that. But so many people do. That's why I like opportunities like this to do podcasts, to talk about it. I find yeah. like, okay, this is fun. If this could be called marketing, I enjoy this. It's it a, is. Uh, it's it's interesting because yeah. it, I was communicating back and forth with a writer that I interviewed, Jennifer Healy, mm-hmm. a few, well, two weeks ago and talking about marketing. And and I, I think outside the box at marketing, right? Mm. So, you know, they're trying to get in bookstores. I'm like, I don't want to get where books are. I want to go where people that read books are. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So like I, what the places I put on my book are real. They're mm-hmm. real places. I mean, mm-hmm. you could drive the highway. You, you could see it all. Right. And so I put my daughter's flower shop in it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a book signing in a flower shop. That's uh, good. I did a, a brewery in Manassas, Virginia called mm-hmm. eavesdrop. I'm having a book signing with them on the 22nd. We're all excited about that because that's where people go and they can relate because they're there the same reason why I put it in the book. Right. This is a place where after a mission, they go and relax and they just get, you know, clear the air, they relax. And that's why people go to these, you know, things like that to relax. So they can kind of relate to it. Um, So that's my take on marketing, which could be totally wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, if but it works, it works. I don't if it think works, it doesn't. You know what? I'll do something else. Yeah. I mean, not because there's a lot of effort. Because I'm right. I'm currently writing my second book, 
Okay. So about halfway, so it's a follow-on kind of. What's from the this first one. book about? So, if uh, let's so it's it's a it's a military thriller, uh, espionage, and it's what if Russia, for example, knew that something they had was running out, but mm. something that they had to have, and they had to get it from somewhere else. So they elicit the help of India and China. Right to okay. get it, and at the same time, everybody's going to green technology. And what about a cyber attack that could actually say when to turn the lights off, when to light turn the lights on, how far you could drive? You can't drive today. You can't go outside this radius. So, so what if this actually happened? Mm-hmm. And it's perceivable that it could. Mm-hmm. And it just it, it's it's three individuals that were independent that became a team. And you can see how the course of the book, how they became a cohesive, cohesive team, and everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, but they rely on each other for the mission. And it was just, uh, and then you know, I, I'm talking to somebody on an airplane flying back from Atlanta the other day, and I tell her, and she looked at me, and she goes, "Is that real?" I go, "That's a that's a real." And I'm good. like, "Okay, yeah, awesome." Yeah, yeah, you're onto something, yeah. I'm afraid yeah. she's gonna jump out of the plane. I said, "No, it's not. It's, it's, I just made it up." You know? <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, so uh, it's it's kind of you know because I I was in the army for twenty years, so I have some you know experience in the military and everything. But uh, right. it's just you know it's interesting that what you can think of when you yeah. when you sit down and you think of something, you go, oh, well, that would be cool if I I want them to do this now because I'm mm-hmm. trying to put it in a way that reader would readers expecting this. Yeah, you want to subvert it. I'm going ninety degrees the opposite direction, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing something mm-hmm. different. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, but that's cool. So yeah, so we're excited. But so, where can everybody get your books? Um, well, my website is the okay. easiest place. All the links are there. It's uh, www.jonathanrrose.com. Real simple. Okay. O n h a n r rose.com. Um, also at Twitter, uh, okay. Jonathan R underscore Rose. They're all on Amazon, and uh, yeah, I really encourage people to give them a read if you really want to get a. Like for me, it was interesting when you mentioned like, yeah, your story, it came from 20 years in the military. You have right. that insight. You you know the workings. You know those details, right. those little mannerism things that to you are normal. But mm-hmm. to anybody who has nothing, to, I've never been in the military. I wouldn't right. know. Right. But to you, you almost, you're just like, oh, yeah, just this. You're like, what? Yeah. And it's those details that I find make a story enriching that really get you in there. And right. so for my books because they were so inspired by the time I spent in Latin America and because mm-hmm. I want to go back, it's just this world that embraced me. It showed me, it opened itself right. to me. I really shut my mouth and listened. I immersed in it. I didn't just look at it from a distance. Like I was in a right. zoo. I went elbow to elbow. I, I got in as much as I could. And I was lucky where I was just able to, and it, and people allowed me and everything. It was like mm-hmm. you in the military where I was able to acquire those details that right. I would have to be reminded mm-hmm. aren't common knowledge to people. Right. So for my books, I tried to put those details as much as I could to give people who might not know that world an insight into that world and that, hey, there is so much richness here and it's interesting. It's not all great, but it's not right. all bad either. It's it's right. it's humanity. It's no different than anywhere else, yet it's completely different from everywhere else. And yeah. I wanted to show those worlds and I want to keep doing that and keep writing those types of stories that yeah. people give me. So 
while I'm never going to, ch- I'm not a chronicler of like Mexican history. That's right. No, but I wanted to capture those stories and bring them to as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. So all the books I've written so far, I think can give a little insight to that. And from people from Latin America, I hope mm-hmm. they enjoy it so they can see, Hey, he saw it. Yeah. That's, I know that. I, I've I been there. I've been to that place. I saw yeah. the mural. I, I, I walked the streets. I, and right. I, I'm, I'm a big. I don't I, say the street names. I don't say because right. the Latin America is humongous. Like, and it's oh. so diverse. Like, Buenos Aires can't be more different from Mexico City. They mm-hmm. couldn't be more different than Quito or Lima. They're all different. Right. right. But there's also a similarity to them as well. Right. So I wanted to capture that. So yeah, definitely my website. All the books are there. This new book, Wedlock. I'm really excited about it. It's been 12 years in the making. That's awesome, and, though. I mean, yeah. Oh, you got another one? You're working another one, or just something? Because I, um, I recommend. I'm a big traveler. Okay. I yeah. love to travel, and I recommend. The best way to learn. I recommend if, if you have the opportunity, go live somewhere else for absolutely six months, think- three months, six months, whatever. As long as you can. I'm for me it's yeah. addictive. I'm yeah. I every time I come back to Canada, I'm always itching to leave. And right. for me, it's one of those things where once you start, you can't stop. Like mm-hmm. you always hear a lot of people, they're just like, Oh, would you want to live forever? And be like, Oh, I don't know. I would. I would spend a century in each country <laughs> if I could because it's so interesting. Yeah. But I know I can't live forever. So I want to spend any time I have to learn. Mm about these different cultures and everything they have to offer the good and the bad all right. of it yep. i love it and as a writer as somebody who likes to tell stories i mean mm-hmm. it's like mining and but without hurting anybody right right to get as much of this great stuff as you can and that's that's what i just love doing but as far as right now i'm working yep. on a play an english version play of the gato lobo book and uh, that's almost finished. I don't know what I'm going to do. With Man, I'm going to have to come see that, but I want a good seat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, here's hoping that uh, somebody takes interest in it. I've also finished. There's a writing. plug. Any screenwriters out there looking for a good play that's original, check yeah, out Jonathan. It's, it's a great story. <laughs> it's really good. And uh, I just finished a nonfiction book, Canadian-based, actually, the first real Canadian-based story. And it's a real story. Huh? It was it was based on an accident that happened back in 1988 to my stepbrother, actually, uh-huh. that made the second most famous Canadian in the world of that year, behind only Ben Johnson. He was the Olympic sprinter that got caught with steroids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he survived a fire, a house fire that burned 98% of his body, third degree. Oh my god. Nobody goodness. survives that. Nobody no. usually survives more 40%. Right. He had 98% and he survived. Mm-hmm. He was the guinea pig, so to speak, that they used all the skin graft surgeries, everything like that. He was one of the ones from the he went to the Shriners Institute in Boston. Right. They developed a lot of their experimental procedures that saved thousands of people. It started Mm -hmm. with him. Every time he would be in a surgery, they'd be like, he won't survive. I was seven, eight years old at this time and seeing it, whatever, from my point of view. And he kept surviving. And I've talked to him about it at length. And he would tell Mm -hmm. me about out-of-body experiences. I mean, some of the stories he told me were so unbelievable, they had to be true. Like, he had to get disinfected. But imagine your whole body, 98% is raw. Yeah, And they would have to dip him into a bath of water with salt. I mean, this is torture stuff. This is like Darth Vader. You can't imagine it. The burning. (laughs) 
yeah. to keep him cleaned and he survived and he was 15. Oh my goodness. And the book is about, that's just the beginning, but it's about the 30 years after because the media made him into this massive mm -hmm. hero because the title is the heroes we want and the heroes we get. Right. He was extraordinary for surviving. He was extraordinary for that, but they wanted him to mm -hmm. be more extraordinary. They wanted him to be the hero, the symbol of goodness. Right, and, right. And that just wasn't him. He was a normal kid. He just and wanted to be, a, be himself. He just wanted a normal life. Yeah, but, the, yeah. but the story of what he represented, they and there was a lot of lying. There was a lot of embellishing on, on their part. And right. by the time he was able to say his own piece, he was already sucked in. And so this book is about the 30 years after, because he, he just passed away last year, 49. Oh. He, he wasn't supposed to make it that day. Right. Right. And he lived another 33 years. Wow. And amazing. Um, but in that life, he was exposed to so much. And to me, it was such a human story. And it made, there's a lot of questions. Should he have mm -hmm. survived? Did he like, there's a lot of human questions to it. And so mm -hmm. I was asked to write it by my father. I had his. I had diaries, newspaper clip. It was a really, really deep dive. Wow. So, I'm is it out? I'm trying to find uh, publishing. I'm trying to find an agent for it. I'm, okay. I'm looking. So, anybody right. interested in a real story like that, please contact me. It's a great interesting. book. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm really proud of that one. So keep him busy. I didn't expect that one. So uh, get, yeah. <laughs> good. So I like writing about anything I find in game. I love reality. I love real stories. Yeah. I love. And funny enough, the notion of subversion now, it's interesting because people are expecting the embellishment now. They're expecting right. the, um, the I don't want to say corny, but they're expecting the the simplified, the whole right. good will prevail. Like, I don't know. I don't really like that direction where I find reality mm -hmm. is actually the thing that's unexpected. Right. And so I want to lean more toward that. Like, hey, the real stuff, like, guess what? Your heroes are flawed. Your heroes are human. Your heroes yes. have messed up. There is no yeah. such yeah. thing as this person that is infallible and perfect and has been pure of heart. It doesn't exist. I don't care who it is. They've done yep. some bad things. That doesn't take away from the good they've done. And vice versa. Yeah, bad I agree. People have done some good things too. And you have to, you just have to understand the fact that as human beings, there's the the whole spectrum and that's there, there, there's really a saying fun. uh it all comes out in the wash right yeah. so uh mm -hmm. i agree but they have a fascinating talking to you and meeting you i mean i've never met you before this is fascinating uh I've, thank you i enjoyed show, it show us your books again let's let's put the covers out there so the latest book right now is is wedlock nice. that's out right. right now that's the new one there's the spirit of laughter that came out 2020, a Spanish book, Gatoy Lobo, for all you Spanish speakers out there. Está muy bien. Puramente, que te gusta mucho. Es una historia increíble. Por favor, comprarlo. My very first book, Carry On. It's a horror novel from the monster's perspective to see who's more monstrous, us or the, us or the monsters. And they're all available on my website, right. uh, John, www.jonathanrrose.com. Well, and thanks for being a guest on uh, Author Eke. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, and Travis. It was, uh, it was interesting. I liked it. I had a blast. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. There'll be another episode next week. Please stop by and start your own story. We can't wait to hear it. Mm -hmm.